the Shi'ur Tanya for Lamed Adir Rishain in Eshonam Uberis, that is the portion of Tanya for the 29th day of Adir Rishain, the first Adir in a leap year. So the Alta Rebbe was previously explaining how the person can gain this great joy of uh, knowing that uh, he ha- contemplates. Uh, by his uh, contemplating the uh, level of Amunas Hashem, Achdus Hashem, the Yichud Hashem, the Bittel that the real true unity of Hashem is the non-existence of anything besides Hashem. This will give the person the level of Simcha necessary to be able to serve Hashem with and, and, and overcome all the obstacles that, it's in, that stand in his way. It'll also uh, be joyous eighth that he himself becomes a, a dwelling place for Hashem through his uh, level of emunah that he has, and Hashem dwells within him because he has perceived that idea that there is Enoid Milvadi, that there is nothing besides Hashem and everything in the world is bottle. He's also joyful because this is the joy of Hashem, because the entire purpose of creation is to turn the world into a place where Hashem's unity is felt, even though the world out of itself is like a Rishus Harabim, is a public domain, and he turns it into Rishus HaYachid. And this joy will help him overcome all the other obstacles. In Perik Lamedale, the Alta Rebbe will, will explain that in the truth is the matter is that as much as the person uh, meditates and uh, tries to uh, have uh, the this idea and the belief and the Yichud Hashem, the Bitlailamis, that the world's non existence, to try to uh, perceive it to come down, the person is still limited. And a person uh, by nature, uh, the ordinary person, cannot really achieve the ultimate. Uh, goal of really connecting oneself in a way that nothing else matters and he becomes fully a vehicle and a vessel to Hashem. Uh, that's something which uh, the forefathers had, that is something which the Nevi'im had, the prophets had, something that Moshe Rabbeinu had in a, on a greater level than some of the other Nevi'im, but the ordinary person uh, cannot achieve that. Uh, the uh, Beis Amikdash was the physical manifestation of this idea that in the uh, Beis Amikdash, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there was actually visible in this physical world how the world itself is non-existence and it's only the presence of Hashem. But what happens now uh, when we're not Moshe Rabbeinus and we're not Nevi'im and we don't have the Beis Amikdash? So the way to do the accomplishes is actually through doing Torah mitzvahs. A uh, person, when he studies Torah, that is the um, that is the way. Then he becomes a vehicle, and then he becomes a uh, a dwelling place for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So basically, at the end of the day, all this will lead to the person, this idea, his desire to become a dwelling place, a resting place for Hashem, to become an the Shechina, to become a host for the Shechina. He has to. Uh, basically sit and learn, and that way he becomes that uh, uh, vehicle and a vessel to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we learn inside now. 
Perik Lamedalet. So he says like this. Behold, Mudazois. This is known. Shahaves Heinen Amerkova. Uh, the forefathers, meaning Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, they are uh, they are the chariot. Merkava is a an expression when you want to say when somebody is uh, totally uh, subjugates himself. You call it a Merkava because the wagon basically has no say. If you try to compare a person uh, riding a horse and a wagon, uh, so the the horse, you know, has some say. You know, he, still the one who who rides him is the one in charge. The horse listens to the uh, one who rides him. But yet you have to uh, sort of ha- get the horse to listen. But a uh, wagon that drags along behind doesn't need any persuasion. If the horse moves, uh, the wagon goes along. So when we want to express and say that uh, the forefathers were so... Uh, negated, so self-negated and so lack of their own existence, but they were totally subjugated to Hashem, we call them Amerkava, we call them that they are a chariot uh, that they had no personal no independent no selfish desires motives or uh, or any matters but they were totally Merkava they were all a chariot, they were just fulfilling what Hashem's will was uh, totally to Hashem's will as he translates it, for all their days, all the time, forever, as they never interrupted, even for a little while, from tying their mind and their soul to the mass of the world. They constantly, they weren't just occasionally, it wasn't like that when they davened or when they were in a special situation which they were commanded, but all their days, all the days of their life, and within the days itself, no, every moment of their days, they never ceased, even for one hour, for one while, from connecting, from tying their mind and soul to the mass of the world. But bitla niskar in this subjugation, this bitla uh, that mentioned before, the Yehudis Baruch Hashem's unity, meaning they perceived and they realized and they lived by this idea that there is really nothing else in the world and the only existence and the only thing that is in existence is a, is a Kodesh Baruch is Hashem and this was their uh, this was their life so that was originally uh, something special about our forefathers Avram Yitzhub Yaakov but Bacharehem following the Avram Yitzhub Yaakov uh, came about Kol so over there we have already all the prophets um the prophets were also on a high level, but not as high as the others. Each prophet, according to the level of his soul and his understanding, there were differences in be- between the different levels of the souls and the different levels of the uh, of the Navi. And based on that, they were uh, able to perceive and be bottle and have that level of subjugation to Hashem. So that was the Nevim in general. But then we have Madregas Moshe Rabbeinu, all of Asholim. But the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, our teacher Moshe, peace unto him, he al kulona. That went on top of all the levels of all the prophets, meaning that he was a greater 
level, his soul was on a greater level and his connection and his bitl, his merkava was greater than all the Nevi'im. Sha'amru Allah, because with regards to Moshe Rabbeinu, our sages tell us that the Shekhinah Metaberes Betech Geroinah, which is in, from the Zohar, and other sources that the divine would actually speak from his mouth. When we say that the Shekhinah, the divine speaking from his mouth, meaning that Moshe Rabbeinu was so subjugated, so it's not like he repeated what Hashem said, but rather Hashem is speaking through him. And that means that he himself is non-existence at all. He's totally battled to Hashem. And therefore the Shekhinah speaks through Moshe Rabbeinu. This is something, an expression, which is unique to Moshe Rabbeinu. The other prophets, even though they were giving over the word of Hashem, we don't say that Hashem speaks through them. Mamash to the level as he speaks through Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu, it's at a higher level when we say that Mamash that the Shekhinah So... This was uh, this was uh, the uniqueness of the prophets of Moshe Rabbeinu, but Umein Zed, similar to that, uh, somewhat of this type of a uh, perception and 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 uh, and, uh, and a bittle and a subjugation in the way of Merkava, it was an experience. Zochu Yisrael Ma'amin Har Sinai, the Jewish people merited during the standing of Har Sinai, in which they had this uh, tremendous. Uh, Insight and enlightenment and and, and 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 level in which they became totally bottled to Hashem's unity, realizing that there's nothing else besides Hashem. But that great level of perception that the Jews experienced about the Torah, they couldn't last it. It was too much for them. They could not tolerate this type of a of a of a bittel. as our sages tell us. In Gemara Shabbos Pechesum at Beis, that shall call Dibur Parchonish Masmuchulu. So that for every word that Hashem said, from the ten words that Hashem said, uh, their soul flew out. Uh, eventually, it says that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that spoke to them. They said, Daber Atov um, It says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought back the souls through giving them the Tal giving them the do to revive them, but. Uh, he sort of brought them back into existence from the uh, from their level of expiration that they expired, as Alter will explain later on. But here, so we see that in generally they too had a little bit of an experience, but that experience that they had was something was uh, that was something which was beyond them. But this experience is what is the level of Bittl. Shehu, this idea, when we say that the soul flies out, that is Inyan Bittl Bametzias Haniskar This is the total uh, existential subjugation, that you subjugate yourself in your essence, that means that is... Um, 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 that it means that he can't tolerate, that he's totally giving up himself. So what happens? But because the Yidin said that they can't tolerate it and it's too much for them, so they cannot be technically on a constant basis, they cannot be at that level of subjugation. The ordinary uh, way, at Marmad Har Sinai was an exception during their standing on Mount Sinai, but in generally it's not something that it can last through, that it can come through for all the time. And therefore, what did Hashem do? in order to compensate them for that event. This Hashem made, because of that, 
Miyad Omer Lachain, Miyad Omer Lachem Lasis Lemishkan. So therefore Hashem told them that they should build a sanctuary. Uboy, and in the sanctuary there was the Kotcha Kadoshim, the Holy of Holies. And in that place, in the Holy of Holies, was Hashrosh Chinosoy, Hashrosh Chinosoy. So his divine can rest, because over there, the divinity can rest in a way that it's, everything is totally subjugated, and the true level of Yichud, the true level of unity, that the world, that nothing is in existence, was experienced over there in a very physical, in this physical world, in the Kodesh Kadoshim. That means that Hashem's unity, His blessed unity, was revealed there. It came out openly in the Kodesh Hakadoshim, as the Alter Rebbe will explain later on in the uh, in Tanya, in chapter uh, Nun Gimel, in chapter fifty-three. So, what happens though? Now that took place in the time, and there was. Maimon uh, Sinai, then they had the, uh, uh, and then they had uh, the Mishkan, the, the Beis Hamikdash. Uh, Beis Hamikdash was a presence which you can actually feel the Yichud of Hashem. But after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, so then this this moved into the study of uh, Torah, the four cubits of Halacha, as I said, the 